Hey, Les, I'm so excited to be together again. I know. It's just like old times, brand new. Good to see you. You too. Can you believe our last episode, episode 80, was five years ago this month of Frontline Records Rewind? Oh my gosh. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I know. I know. And in fact, this show has quite the history. 11 years ago was the first episode with Brian Healy as the host and myself, Adele Meisenheimer, as executive producer, as Healy would say. (laughs) And then in uh, episode 32, when Healy's health was not so good, you were so gracious to host an episode and Les Carlson then became the host of our show and you finished out almost 50 episodes. Can you believe it? You know what? It went by so fast, but I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. And I don't even believe it was 50. I'm going to look at the whole thing to prove it to myself because, wow, what an experience it was. And we're doing it again. Yeah. So what brings us together today after this gap in time and, and doing this very special episode is that now all 80 of our Frontline Records Rewind episodes are available on Spotify Podcast and Apple Podcast. They've always been available on YouTube, Frontline Records YouTube channel, as well as FrontlineRecords.us. But now it's so easy to access every single one of the episodes with description and everything on Spotify Podcast and Apple Podcast. I'm excited. Ah, me too. Wow. You can go to one place, listen to the whole thing. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Now, the second purpose for bringing up Rewind is that we have some of our iconic Frontline Records artists that played recently the second annual yeah. Immortal Christian Music Festival in Versailles, Ohio, right? Yes. Our iconic artists of Deliverance and Sacred Warrior and our own Les Carlson are featured at this festival. And so since the guys got it together, we figured we should get it together and interview them and talk about their experience, the preparation it's taking you guys to do this, and then just the experience of the whole thing being out there with with those diehard fans. You know, and we really appreciate that too because Frontline Records has been faithful ever since you took that over and you have uh, just brought it to life and kept it living and breathing and it's awesome. So to have you step on board again and help promote the Immortal Fest 1 and 2. It's just amazing. We thank you so much, Adele. Aw, thanks. Well, I got to tell you, Les, like one of the most fun things I've really done in the industry is this this podcast series. And it started when, in uh, like I say, 11 years ago, August 2012, when Brian Healy, I, our, our company had just bought the Frontline Records label. I was reaching out, getting to know the artists. And Brian Healy contacted me and he said, hey, have you thought about doing a podcast? (laughs) I was like, what's a podcast? (laughs) But I'm open. And he was this award-winning DJ from LA and he said he could host it and I could be executive producer. And we got together at a barn at a dairy because that's where Scotty, our engineer, was. And he stuck a microphone in my face and it didn't stop. I just pretended only five people could hear it, and I got through that, and it's been quite the wild ride for me. And you're still here, and you're still the executive producer, and you're doing a great job. Well, thank you very much. And I love your hosting, and I love that you you relate so beautifully with these artists. You, you make them comfortable. All the episodes that we did, 
you you're just the perfect one and today we're going to talk to jimmy p brown of deliverance and we're going to call him up right now on this zoom call and here we go let's talk to jimmy about how he and deliverance got ready for this festival yeah let's zoom in on jimmy all right there you go okay jimmy. hey how's it going all right wow man now are you less nice to see you adele always good to see you you too jimmy Great to yeah. see you, man. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I just saw you on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I, I try to avoid those. I haven't watched any of the videos or anything from the show. I never I never review anything afterward. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm like you as well. I, I really don't. I see myself like, oh no. But uh, <laughs> I I watched uh, I watched some of the some of the songs and it was like, wow, the energy was cool. And yeah. yeah. So anyway, you're here. Yeah, yeah. Frontline Records Rewind. I know. After all these years, back again. (laughs) So did you love it, man? Did you love playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it a been a while uh, before the... uh, the uh, C Krapafo or whatever, however you pronounce that word. Uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we hadn't played since 2019. So it felt really great. And it felt really good to perform. Yes, I, I know. And, uh, you know, people say, well, you got to get the rust off or whatever. But I, I didn't see any sure. rust. I mean, you, you were shy. Oh, well, thank you. You know, everybody says that. And to me, uh, well, number one, the worst part for me is uh, everything at Soundcheck was great. Um, you know, we got everything dialed in, all the monitors, everything was great. And when we hit the stage and Right. When it all started, I was kind of just looking around going, boy, I'm hoping I'm playing with everybody because I can't hear a thing. Ooh. And uh, yeah, my monitors weren't on. Uh, and it didn't matter how much I was pointing and going up. <laughs> they were just like nothing. And uh, and and it's weird because the, the, the volume on stage wasn't really happening either. Um, so but I, I would turn around, and look at Jim and he's playing and. I'm not even hearing his hi-hat. So I'm like, okay, either I'm going deaf or something's wrong. But Manny, after after the show, Manny said the same exact thing. So and and Jim said the same thing that the monitor mix that we had during soundcheck, we had that was all gone. None of us had it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it is great that you came off as good as you did. And <laughs> I, can relate, I can relate totally to what you just said. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you've had a lot of incidents like that over your career as well. <laughs> it's like flying without radar, right? You're just going, hey, oh, yeah. there's, yeah. But That's awful. It, it's an awful feeling. I know. It's it's the stuff you have nightmares about, right? But yeah, exactly. You were received well, right? The folks loved you. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, the people people loved us, uh, you know, and and, and uh, promoter seemed to be happy, which... Uh, which I didn't even know they had apprehensions about us. And obviously because of my outspokenness about promoters and uh, everything over the years. And, uh, and then, uh, but you know, the, 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 please, the, one of the most pleasing parts is, you know, disciple, I'd never gotten to see them live. And uh, they, uh, they, they called us out from the stage, not once, but twice. And just said such kind words about, you know, me personally and about deliverance. And I thought that was really, really nice for, you know, a band that sells half a million records to be up there saying, you know, about us, you know, and, and that we were such a big influence and a big impact on them. So, 
Well, Kevin Young is, you know, he's the guy that probably listened to you guys a lot. I know he listened to Is that, is that, that's the lead singer, correct? Kevin Young. And he's just such a great man of God. And uh, he's an amazing, amazing uh, uh, talent. And just, he preaches from his heart, you know. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we, we love you, disciple. And I, I can see why he was moved by deliverance and, and it's great. Called you out and said, great things yeah that was really really nice it was really unexpected i was excited about seeing them you know i'd heard i'd heard their music over the years so i actually was in the audience watching them so it was kind of strange that that happened and it it, you know turned the cheeks rosy red you know it was very 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 embarrassed but it was cool it was nice you know it was really cool (laughs) what was it like getting back with the guys in the band oh it was nice it was nice you know we'd actually uh got together about a month before here in Vegas. We, uh, we got together and rehearsed and tried to, uh, like, as you say, you know, scrape the rust off and got the SOS pads and really, really tried, you know? (laughs) Uh, so it felt good, you know, Jim and I and Manny, uh, we, we record with each other all the time. So I, I'll, I'll fly to Fresno and, um and the manny flies here into vegas and and so we record all the time we're always working always working on music but uh but we hadn't played live in so long M- manny this was his first time playing with deliverance and dear god uh 20 22 years yeah so and uh glenn li- like i said he and i do some recording here and there but he's got his project that he does uh primal uh, and then I'm working on my solo stuff with with Jim and Manny. Uh, they're they're my they're my forever faithful band, you know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So who put the set list together? That was uh, Manny, Manny and Jim. Yeah, yeah. I, I for me it was it was difficult. Less I was like, okay, they gave us an hour set, and I'm like, this is a band with eleven studio albums. How do you? <laughs> compact all of that and try to represent every era of the band inside of 60 minutes. And then the, they all know I talk a lot. I love to banter and interact with the audience and we didn't know how to do it. So I just told them, look at, just make it all about the music and, and uh, cause that's what they're there to hear and see. And so let's just do that, you know, and it worked, you know, but uh yeah, they put together the set, and it seemed seemed like it went over pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. We're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, I see so much uh, on online, and people really loving it, and we're hoping for a DVD. I'm sure that they probably do have that, knowing the people huh. at BMI uh, Event Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're great. I'll tell you what, they are pretty pro there. Everything there is super pro, man. That, that I mean, and the staff is just fantastic. I I loved every one of them. They were just very, like I said, we were well received, well treated, very well there. Yeah, it's kind of like Field of Dreams. You know, you build it and they will come. <laughs> and yeah. You, oh, yeah. You go into this place and you you go, oh, what's is this it? You know, and you. You walk oh, in, I know. boom, it opens up into this big, beautiful uh, yeah. venue that's just amazing with everything, bells and whistles. Oh, and man. Stuff. 
Yeah. Oh, I know, man. It's it's so strange. But then you walk outside and you're in the middle of nowhere. Like you said, Field of Dreams, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody should it was go. cool, though. Yeah. I agree. I, well, I, I've i been promoting that uh, for everybody to go see you and Sacred Warrior in, in September. So uh, we're going to try to make it out. So that's oh, for I, sure. Because I, I want to. I, oh, yeah, because I've been wanting to see you. I want to see your solo band, man. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so I would, awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, too. I wanted, I, I thought you guys were going to play this one. So when you, when I heard, oh, no, there's going to be two and Les is playing S- September, I asked Adele. I was upset. I was like sincerely upset and wanted us to be moved to the September show. So, oh, uh, you know, I think so we're going to try to make it out. I think the last time I saw you was a front line podcast yeah yeah when me and george were with you yeah, yeah. My house. And that was the last time you played my grand yeah. orange gretch yeah and you put oh, yeah some, you put some metal on that thing you you <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> well you know i mean jimmy a deliverance is i don't know that when people mention bands and you know, when, when the name Deliverance comes up, it's almost like people pause for a moment and go, yeah, that was that super heavy band on Frontline. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You guys are, you know, legends. And and I know that we're not the big, you know, it's not the biggest thing in the world, to our, our genre and stuff. But in it, you are definitely an icon, man. You're definitely a, a legend. And, and thank well, right you. back at thank you. <laughs> right back at you brother because uh you're you're definitely in fact uh you know larry i don't know if you know but uh larry farkas plays yeah. in my solo solo band and oh yeah he he talks about a lot of times when he got to play with blood good you know it it just warmed him to be able to do th- that so he was really cool. amazing too i love that guy he's such such a great heart that, oh good guy. heart good good heart and and what an amazing talent, huh? The player, the player that he is. He is just, he is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, he is. Actually, I'd like him to play on my next solo album. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, well, you know, he lives on the podcast. How's he ever going to find out? Oh, <laughs> he actually just lives a few miles from me and he's here every Thursday recording with me. So uh, I'll oh, let really? him know. <laughs> you know what? I really, I tried to get a hold of him not too long ago, but just tell him I love him and I, I super respect him. He's just, he's fabulous. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That, that make him, make him real happy to hear. So yeah, I, I would have been nice for Larry to have joined us at, on this one uh, with deliverance. It would have been cool. Cause that was the first thing that went through my head is since we're all recording together, what, what out, what a cool treat. Cause Larry was our first guitar player for deliverance back in 85. And there you go. And uh, it would have been nice, but you know, Larry's uh as you well know, he's a full-time take care the caretaker of his brother, so he's his time is very limited, you know. Yes, yeah. I know. that is he. Yeah. He's uh, he's a great example of a man of God in that regard. That's no. Doubt. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely, good man. So, what did you open with at the show? Uh with yeah, our the same song we've been opening up with since the that album came out with "Stay of Execution." And so it's been our opener since then and since 92. And uh, it just seems like it's always a good, powerful, you know, that one that just gets the audience start to rev up, you know, it's not yeah. too fast, not too crazy. Uh, it's just you know, right there in the pocket gets everybody going, you know, it's got a good groove to it. So um, 
that was our opener and it came off pretty well from what I understand. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a stay of execution. Wow.
love that song. Love that album. It's what am I get, you know, having to rehearse for, with the guys. I had to kind of like go back and, you know, cause I forget my lyrics. I don't know if you deal with that less, but man, it's like, I don't know what happened. I just like forgot all my lyrics. You know, they were on an iPad for me right there on my mic stand, you know, just to scroll through, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know if it's because there's just so much music and stuff going on in my head all these years or if I'm just getting old, you know, I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not as good as me. But when you do get old as me, yes, you'll experience that even more, I suppose. So uh, let me see. What else did you... Did you guys, uh, when you got together, did it seem rather easy? Did it just seem like, you know, we, we know this stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's the, the funny part about it. It just all kind of just happened. Um, and, uh, you know, probably the hardest part, you know, it's funny. It, it, you hear Manny hadn't played with us, so, like I said, since Cornerstone of 2001. And, uh, and he like played flawlessly the entire rehearsal. Uh, me, it's playing guitar and singing that, you know, I don't, it's like, which do I concentrate on most? So, and I always tend to go for the vocal and then, and then I'll start feeling bad and I'll start concentrating on the guitar. And then that's where it starts turning into little things. And then Glenn will look at me and go, Hey, you played something different there. Am I supposed to do that too? And I'm like, I have no idea what I just did. I'm just playing. And it just happened, you know, that's the kind of weird arguments we have during rehearsal because I'm like, don't pay attention to me and what I'm doing. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing with, I'm going right back for this particular show. I'm going right back to the original um, uh, crucify arrangement, vocally and everything. Cause I'm going, Oh, oh sweet. Things evolved. Right. Things evolved sure. with us when we were doing concerts. Same thing with you. Right. So what I told my band, is, I just said, Let, let's just go back to the originals for this concert and let's just learn everything. And that's probably what you did. Oh, Nobody's that's nice. Yeah, the that's the, yeah See, exactly. You were playing. Well, I, you know, I think I, I just, I just, I, like I said, memory kind of like just starts going away and, I'm enjoying the energy of being with my mates, you know? Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a homebody and stay away from everybody kind of person. So I'm enjoying that energy. But it, yeah, then I start kind of veering off and, you know, yeah. they, they've got to reel me, reel me back in. Manny has always been good at reeling me in because uh, he's such a perfectionist. So well, it, it always helps when he's there. <laughs> the reality, Jimmy is that you got you are the focal point you're the vocalist and the guitar guy and so you just i know it's realize. it's terrible so you're so humble. it's terrible you're so humble <laughs> and you're like oh my gosh they're counting on me i gotta do this oh yeah i know they depend on me and it's like really me leave me alone please <laughs> oh you're too much but uh learn oh learn. yeah this is oh gosh, yeah. I love that. I love the way the song. That's one of my favorite songs to play live, because um, that was the, the thing about that frontline part of, of us for us. The catalog is they uh, those three records, you know, which was the uh, Stay, Learn, and, and Camelot. They they just marked a new transitional period for Deliverance. We went from this thrash heavy 
you know, thing. And then all of a sudden we just went more progressive and, um, learn was the second part of that three, that three, uh, way thing that I was working with Terry and Terry Taylor and Gene Eugene. So when, um, when I started down that path, learn, I remember Terry telling me, let's get away from the huge, big giant production that you did on the first with stay of execution. Let's, get away with the, you know, no big multi-vocals, no, let's strip it down and make it just two guitars, bass, drums, and one vocal. And we'll do some, some little bit of treatments with the vocals, but let's, let's keep it very band-like. And, um, I was very upset about that actually, when we, when we went to record it and, uh, cause we did a lot of pre-production with Terry and, but once it happened, it felt very natural. And Learn was probably the first song we tracked together because uh, it just had such a groove. And then we had John Knox on drums and from Whiteheart. And it's like, you know, wow, you know, this guy's grooving. He's got this crazy thing going on. Man, he's playing. And then we've got those heavy crunch guitars. But now I'm singing differently. I'm approaching vocals from a different aspect. And... Um, it just felt right. So when we played Learn, whenever we play that song live, A, the chorus is a sing-along. So everybody at the end singing with you, is that just feels so good. And then, uh, but more importantly, it's just a just a fun song. It was a really fun song to play live. So I was happy for us to, to jam it out. And people received it as well as they did back in the day. <laughs>
Well, we're back. And that was learned from deliverance. I loved it. You know what? While you were telling the story, I was getting this big grin on my face because I know that relationship between producers and artists and what you've done and all that. And obviously, Terry Taylor is very talented. Oh, yeah. Insightful. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what we do. And it's amazing that really what we're looking for is that that piece of music or approach to music that actually does what we want it to do. And we know it, it happens. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like this did it for you. Oh yeah. yeah. Still doing it for everybody. Oh and, yeah, man. And, and that's awesome. man. That's so cool to have that kind of a, uh, and it's, it's recorded on frontline records. I mean, it's, it's there. For oh me. yeah. Oh yeah. This was, this was the, uh, this was a very, uh, you know, the thing I got to, you know, as much as I, I love to razz the whole frontline staff, especially of the past, um, the thing I do got to, I, I love about like who my guys were, were, was Mike and Ed and, and Jimmy Kempner, of course. Um, they let me do what I wanted to do. You know, they didn't, they didn't stand in my way. They, you know, they, when, when I made those dangerous choices to take the band in a way different direction, they were just like very supportive of it. So I, I appreciate that. So I'm very proud to be a frontline artist in that regard. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I, 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 they did that with us as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Especially going from Bud Good, the, the, the first debut record and then going into detonation, you know, I mean, it's like, well, I don't want to turn this into, okay, I'm going to interview less, but <laughs> dude, there was such a huge drastic difference in yeah. overall feel and vibe. You know, and it just became, you saw this growth and it was just, wow, you know. So I remember the first time I got to meet you, man, uh, it was at Knott's Berry Farm at one of those uh, Jubilee nights. And uh, oh, I was all geeking out. And, you know, you poor thing, you know, you were just like hot, sweaty. You just got off the stage. You just, you weren't in the mood for anything. And I understood, you know, you're always gracious and everything. And you were real gracious with me. And, uh, but man, I could tell you wanted to go. And I'm like, you know, if you want to go dry off, go relax, man. But I go, I just had to hug you and tell you, I love your voice. And uh-huh. I just, and I love the stage theatrics. I'm like 15 years old, man. And, and then you go, cause this is 85, 86, I think. Yeah. So you go and then Michael is standing there. So uh, me and my girlfriend go and talk to him, which was my wife now, Helen, we go talk to Michael for a little bit. And we just stayed in touch, you know, after that, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was my first encounter with you. <laughs> wow. I was all sweaty. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just felt bad. Cause I actually caught you when you were trying to go and dry off and relax, you know, <laughs> you know, those, those shows were awesome. I missed those, like those Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm Jubilee shows. Those were great, but that's where I first saw you. And, uh, and the band that came on after you was the most surprising. It was another frontline band called common bond. Huh. Uh, do you remember them? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, when I hear these sorts of things, I do have to, again, go back to frontline and Jimmy yeah. Henry, he had it going on and yeah, know, all of us, um, are, I know, that there may have been some things that took place, but ultimately he started this. It's still going sure. around. Uh, Adele has picked it up and she's just been amazing with what she's done with the catalogs. 
And 100%. 100%. Those experiences that we had that you're talking about were, they were just over the top amazing. And the cool oh, yeah. thing was, it was about Jesus. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. I love the way you guys are relating those early festivals. And then we're here at this immortal festival. I mean, oh, I know it's crazy. Many in between, right? Uh, other, than, other than other than Cornerstone and, and maybe uh, that's it. I I don't really know of any other. I mean, um, this immortal thing could turn into as a Cornerstone, in, in my opinion. Yes, you know, and that's what that's what we're praying for and hoping for. I, I mean, really, because we really. And there's, I mean, we just really got to bring it together. It's, it's not. We need a community. It is a community and that's what's happening. It's almost more about the crowd that comes than it is the bands. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's, it's, you know what? Again, it honors the Lord and yes. that's the best part. And yeah. Cause that's, I think that's Steve's focus. You know, Steve just wants to bring all these bands that, that touched him and yeah. ministered to him, you know, and, and uh, and honor the Lord through that, through bringing these bands that were doing his work. And uh, I think that's what just makes it even better, you know. And and it's funny, it's like a big family reunion for the bands, at least all of us, you know, that we see yeah. each other and hug each other. And, you know, I hadn't seen Ray Parra in a while uh, from Sacred Warrior. He was there with his new band, of course. Um but, uh, you know, just hugged his neck, gave him a big hug. And, and of course, seeing George and everybody else, you know, now him, I, I talk to all the time. So it's no, he's no big deal to see. <laughs> <laughs> but George is, George is rocking though. As a matter of fact, he got on stage with you. Yeah. I invited him out to play, uh, to play two very, very big classic songs, uh, weapons of our warfare and, uh, and no time from the first album, which was a uh, big surprise. You know, we had, a, we had a blast. It was a lot of fun, actually. In yeah. fact, you see those, you see those pictures, uh, you know, we're just both, you know, ear to ear the whole uh -huh. time, you know, just, you know, we hadn't been on stage with each other in a long time. So it felt good. Well, the first time I met George, I believe is when I met you. I, well, I might've met George before, but oh, no, yeah. And it was just really cool to, to see the the rapport that you guys had and how. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it's it's good that you know that you don't feed him too many compliments because. Oh no, no, not not George. I just gotta just uh, you know I always make sure to throw enough insults in there to balance it out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you, you know how to work it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> George, we love you, man. There's nobody like you. <laughs> so uh okay sanctuary oh man that's the uh the pinnacle closer since 92 uh, or 93 um of course i covered that from daniel amos's amazing um vox humana album and uh, i remember when i approached terry and said hey man i want to cover this song but i want to do it my way and without you touching it. So you produce the whole album, but you can't produce this song. It's mine. Mm. And, uh, and he, he agreed reluctantly. And, uh, but man, we were just so, so pleased with the end result. And he was so pleased with the end result that he surprised me and all of DA, the whole band, 
came into the studio to listen to it when it was mixed or was being mixed. And, uh, yeah, I, and I was nervous, you know, I'm this young kid, I'm, you know, I'm working with my hero and mentor and then they played it. And the first thing out of Ed McTaggart's mouth, the drums, oh, this is way too slow. This tempo is way too slow. And it's like, Oh, here we go. You know, I'm nice. I sink further into the corner, you know? And, uh, but man, once it was over, I look at all their eyes, Jerry Chamberlain, Ed McTaggart, uh, Rob Watson, uh, Tim Chandler, rest in peace. Uh, you know, and they're, and dude, they've got tears in their eyes mm. and they just look at me and they're like, they're like, bravo, well done. We would have never imagined this song like this. Mm. And they go, they're like, man, and there's something here. And uh, one of them just flat out said, there's an anointing on this recording. Mm. And and uh, and Terry started to tell them, yeah, he did the vocal on one take. And he just, you know, and it was just a brilliant time and, uh, John Knox, we didn't even have a guitar track for him to follow. He just played to a click track and I was telling him where to change. And it was, it was all kind of last minute hodgepodge, but it turned into this thing that whenever we play it live and we get to the very end where it's doing the whole, ah, the sing along and the, you know, we have to stay, we, we, the band quiets down and lets the audience sing it because it just really feels like this angelic presence does drop. And it, and it's been happening to us live every time we play this song, no matter where we are. And when we were, we were in Scotland, we were in Germany, we were in Mexico, we were in Brazil. Every time we play this song, that same effect happens over the audience. And, you know, Whoever, one of the members of, of DA that said that, that there's an anointing on this recording, he wasn't lying. Because I think it just touches everybody that hears it. And uh, that just, that that right there always makes me super happy, you know? Because, you know, I always say God God can use a donkey. So, you know, if, if he wants to use me, that's cool. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I really think, you know, there was something there because, you know, being able to tell people, and make them aware of God being our sanctuary. I think that was so important. And I think that's why it touches so many people. Yeah, you know? I believe that's true. And I know that when he does anoint something, it's yeah. still anointed when it's in Europe. It's still anointed years later. Yeah. It's still anointed yeah. more in the kingdom with him. It's anointed. And Yeah, what is it? Yeah. It says that it, it says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. So yeah. Uh, he never he, he never takes it he never takes it away never takes it away yeah he knew what he was doing and that's it it's done and wow and, and yeah. it's amazing yeah. that you got to experience that every time he played it live oh it, it it it's such a blessing i just i get mad that i didn't write the song <laughs> frontline rewind this is sanctuary from deliverance
But the anointing is the BMI Center this last time, right? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, man. It was great. The audience sang along. It just was this quiet, beautiful moment. Like I said, it just happens every time we play it. And uh, it was just really, really nice. It was nice to re-experience that. You know, that's what, like I said, that's the way we close every Deliverance show. And uh, so it was nice to close it like that, you know. So we're excited to do more, though. I want to go back next year, but... I heard that they're thinking about doing a tour, like a Lollapalooza type thing, you know, where Immortal Tour goes on, you know, goes on uh, a big tour, which uh, I told them, please sign us up. I'd love to do it. You know what? <laughs> I, I heard the same thing. So maybe yeah. it is a possibility. And if, yeah. we, if we just get the Lord's anointing on it, then it'll continue yeah. a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's brilliant. Hey, we should all feel excited about what God's doing. You know, the way things are in this world right now, um, you know, I really do hope that that's the case because then maybe you and I would be able to hang out a little bit. Oh yeah, man. And share the stage. I'd love to, I'd love to share the stage with you, brother. <laughs> oh, we're, we're West coast guys. So we could be on the West coast leg, you know? Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, it'll be awesome. It'll be a good thing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to any possibilities. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I really do think that God is doing something. I mean, he always has. He's always done. But whenever we're looking at this like, oh my gosh, is this the end? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now where right is yes. right or right is wrong and wrong is right and all this stuff. We're all aware of that. But yes. it tells yes. us, you know. Like Jesus said, we'd be able to tell the seasons. You know, we can tell mm -hmm. seasons. Yeah. Kind of sense that. I think that we all kind of sense that. And wow, to see us all go back out across America now with this message yeah. of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this genre of metal in your face. Here we are, unashamed. Yeah. More powerful than ever because we are seasoned now. We're not young. We're older men. Right. And we and right. we, and we are doing what we're called to do even now, and I yeah. think that's a big, big statement. Yeah, you are absolutely correct, Les. Absolutely, I so think it'd be I'm amazing. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. We're shaking the the dust off, the rust off. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, SOS you're, pad the rust. <laughs> And uh, we're, we're praying that we remember lyrics, and we're praying that we can sing and bring it at the same time. And, and oh, yeah. we're praying that God will bring in people that are non-believers that will see yeah. and meet who we believe in. Yeah, yeah. They got no hope in their guy. It's just... No, not... I have no idea what they have. I think they've lost hope in anything. Yeah. And... Uh, so to offer hope, to be at that beacon of light, true light, not this false light, yes. you know? Yeah, that, yeah, you're absolutely correct. If, if any time it's needed more, it's in these times, that's for sure. It's a very strange period. <laughs> uh, and this is, this is what we're here for. You know, I really yeah. think it's amazing that, that you know, uh, I'm going to give this away. I was born in 1948, okay? God knew, and he designed me specifically for this time. 
I mean, I wasn't mm. born during the Civil War, and I wasn't born during the times of the Romans, and I was, and neither were you. We and we right. were born for times this time. This, and when we say that our, our, our you know, we're we're worried about our grandchildren and the world that they're going to inherit, I say no. Don't worry. Jesus has designed my grandchildren to be born in a, such a time as this and be mentored right. by us yeah. at such a time as this to yeah. in the end. You know, yeah. There's no defeat. That's good. There's no defeat when it comes to God. None whatsoever. Good word. Good word, Pastor Les. Good I word. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I love you, man. Is it okay to say that on a podcast? I I love you. I love you in you. And oh, of course, man. I love you too, brother. Man, it's good to see you. I I ask Adele, and I'm not lying. I talk anytime you come up. I get all giddy and happy, don't I? I be I always do when I talk about you. Yes, true. <laughs> So a big fan, Les. I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, um, okay. So we are definitely serious about, we, about what we do, but we also have a lot of fun doing it. And we all have, oh, absolutely. We all have that, you know, the common denominator in Christ. But he has given us all these different styles of music and melodies and lyrics. It, I don't know how it happened, but, you know, the, the groups on Frontline we're not just bringing uh, this, you know, the same stuff. There was a lot of diversity no. within that community. And even within the yes. bands, we were all so unique in what we brought. And yes. so, I mean, that's amazing that after all this time, we're still, we're going to come back together. And then Frontline is coming with this whole, you know, all 80 podcasts and it's all available worldwide all at once so frontline is definitely a part of this movement that's happening and again yes. that's god bringing it right back and thank you jesus all right Les, okay. love you bud thank you so much bud bye, jimmy bye all jimmy. right love you bro love you too man all right adele <laughs> what a great interview with Jimmy P. Brown of Deliverance. So um, good. Oh no. And um, so that's this was uh, after his performance. There's part one and part two of the Immortal Christian Rock Festival. So um, yeah, that that was that. And uh, anybody who was there was blessed. I can tell. Yeah. You know, I I want you know you are the perfect person to be talking and uh, about the immortal Christian rock festival, because blood good was really the founders of this kind of festival movement. Right. So in February, what you told me is February 22 blood good and white cross were invited to the BMI event center to try out this, this rock festival, see if this thing was going to fly. Right. Um, and, uh, so, so tell us about that. Who was there? How did that come about? Well, actually, uh, Steve Barhorst is the man who owns the BMI event center. And, you know, it was, a, it was, it used to be a racetrack, go-kart racetrack and in that building in there and everything. But he had this vision, uh, that he wanted to bring Christian acts in 
And he sort of was raised around the time when, you know, Blood Good and White Cross and, all, you know, all those early frontline bands were at Cornerstone and that sort of thing. He was kind of uh, a fan at that time and he had just met his wife, I guess. But anyway, he wanted to bring the gospel to what he does there at the BMI Center. So he had been wanting that for a while. So some years have gone by and he had this vision. And then um, I guess, and I, I don't know who else was involved. I think Dorn Reppert was also sort of involved in the, in the talking about it. And sure, Steve prayed about it a lot too. But um, I got this call from Michael Fian. And he wanted to introduce me to uh, Steve Barhorst. And so I called Steve on the phone and we began to talk about this vision. And uh, so that's kind of how I stepped into it and got involved. And it was really great talking to Steve and hearing what he wanted to do uh, eventually. So this was, um, this was prior to when, you know, before the show had started. So, so in the process, um, Michael Fian from White Cross and I from Bloodgood talked to our bands. We started to talk about the whole possibility of this happening. And then um, we finally got the date and we talked to Steve about, you know, all the particulars and what it would take to make it happen. And then it, it evolved into, hey, possibly we could uh, show the movie, the Trenches of Rock film, and then there could be the concert. And then, then Chris Jericho came up. I thought of Chris Jericho being the MC for this because he's a Christian metal fan from way back. Chris actually saw Bloodgood when he was 16 years old. And uh, anyway, so it all came together. And it turns out that that February uh, show in 2022 was uh, Bloodgood's last performance. Right. And most of you know that Michael has gone home to be with Jesus, but this particular weekend was, ah, uh, it was just amazing. It was like God had just swung open the doors, parted the seas, opened up the skies, you know, and everything that we asked for was there. Uh, we, we had just lost Kevin a few months prior. Um, so Michael Fian actually played drums with Blood, Blood Good on that last concert. He did double duty that night. And um, we did a tribute to to Kevin. We did Out of the Darkness. We started with the, the frontline music video of Out of the Darkness from the live show with Kevin on the big screen. And as he did his drum roll, it went from that to us live. And we finished the show, finished the song. You know, it was it was brilliant. And so Kevin was with us there. I mean, everything was perfect in every way. And uh, we had been interviewed by Chris Jericho before the show, after the movie. Uh, I mean, it was a great event. And everything was beyond what our wildest dreams could be. Michael and I thought this is the beginning of a new beginning for blood good, just based on what happened. So everything was wonderful and everything was uh, went off really well. And 
people were so pleased. And, and uh, uh, the next day, Sunday, Michael and I went and spoke in the Ark Church, the pastor Ron Campbell there, who also was a Bloodgood fan, him and his wife, Heather, used to listen to us when they were dating way back in the day. This was just a, an amazing resurgence of what was going to happen with Bloodgood. And Michael and I spoke in the church that morning and shared our, our, our journey with everyone and spoke of our love for Jesus and our love for one another. We went out for lunch and uh, with the pastor and his wife and then Joyce and I flew home and Michael and Marilyn were going to stay in Dayton, Ohio for a little extra week because they had friends there and uh, their son, Mark David, is nearby and all that. Anyway, we get home and I get the call from, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess it was David Safiro or maybe it was Mark David. Yes, said that Michael had had a stroke. So I immediately got on a plane or tried to get on a plane immediately and go back, but I couldn't get on a plane because it was too late. Ended up going the next day back to see Michael, <clears throat> but Michael was in a coma in the uh, hospital. So that's, <clears throat> that's what happened with that very first, you know, and very uh, first attempt at, at doing this immortal fest. Um, and um, so then when that happened, uh, I, I believe that Steve was still determined to do, you know, this vision that he had. And at that time, we, we didn't know that uh, we, we figured that Michael would, would, uh, you know, be healed and be out of it, be ready to go. And I think it was uh, several months later that there was going to be the first immortal fest. So we were counting that Michael would be a part of that. So anyway, we just kind of planned that we would, Bloodgood would play it in, in some sort of uh, context. Uh, and, and if Michael wasn't able to do it, that maybe I would do something or whatever. But anyway, all of that was in conversation. We didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, as it turns out, <clears throat> Michael went home to see Jesus and um, I ended up doing that first immortal as Les Carlson. And, uh, and so now here we are at the second immortal that is going to be coming up this September, second and third. Yeah. But again, when God has a vision to do what he's going to do, nothing stops it. It just keeps going. And so there is something happening now in Versailles. And that is uh, people that are coming to sort of pick up where we left off after Cornerstone in the early 80s when it first started. There seems to be a resurgence of another big wave. And God's using the old guys. <laughs> it's kind of, Moses was old. He's using all of us older folks that started there in that beginning. And he's, you know, now he's rolling it out again because his gospel is new and fresh and current regardless of how we age, you know? And so that's what's going on. I mean, Glenn Kaiser is going to be there. 
I mean, he he originated Cornerstone, right? With with the Res Band, yeah. and I think Matthew Ward is going to be there, and of course, uh, Sacred Warrior, White Cross, um, gosh, uh, Fear Not. I don't want to leave anybody out, but I, I'm I'm just saying Daniel that there's Band. there's we yeah. Daniel Band. Yes, Daniel Band. Oh my gosh, those guys are great. I think Saint too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is going to be an amazing uh, happening again. And these are a lot of folks that love Jesus who are going to get together and again, praise him, you know, for who he is and touch those in that don't know Jesus in a way that sort of just pulls them in, you know, that just, just is magnetic. His, his charisma, his spirit is so magnetic. When people get a glimpse of the truth, they're attracted to the light, which is in Christ Jesus. So yeah, we're all fired up about it. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think any of us realized how, uh, how much blood good was foundational to this movement, as you say, this, this festival movement. I, it's exciting. We haven't had a festival for so long. And um, thank you for being part of that and for sharing that. That's a hard part of your journey, for sure. And when Um, God uses it. Yes. And Adele, when when we say when you say that, you know, Michael talks about how God gave him a vision or a calling way back, way, way back in the beginning, before Frontline. And it's appropriate that Michael was there on the threshold of that calling. And he fulfilled his calling here. He went home good and faithful servant. You know, it's just, it's what God does. He's so good. And uh, so, yeah, we, we miss Michael. But the Lord was so gracious in the way that he allowed Michael to go to that, you know, to be at that place. And, uh, you know, just before the, the tragedy of, of, you know, how things end here. But ultimately, Michael is more alive than we are with the King of Kings. Yeah. <clears throat> so now we're here and we're just, you know, we're just moving forward to get as many souls into that kingdom That's right. that we can. Yeah. How about we close our show today with the song that Blood Good closed their shows with all these years? I think that would be beautiful. Michael wrote this song. It's called Never Be the Same.
said. So, yeah, that's what's going to happen September 2nd and 3rd in Versailles, Ohio, the BMI Event Center. 